So, um, depending on your point of view, you may be pleased to know that I'm losing my voice. And uh, <laughs> some of you cheering, some of you saying, ah. Oh. So you're going to have to help me preach. We help me preach today? Okay? So just so I know that you're alive. And uh, that would be a great help to me, just uh, to kind of help me do this. Um, we're finishing um, our last in this three-part series, If, before we fully jump into um, our Christmas season. And we've been thinking about, more than anything, this whole series has really just been about the pursuit of God's presence. Just the, the longing for more of God in our life. Before what he gives us, that we're saying ultimately, God, give us yourself. That's what we long for more than anything. And, um, and what I want to talk about this morning, mainly this morning, are some really practical habits and practices that I believe in my own experience will just open up a whole new level for each of us in terms of encountering, experiencing, and embracing the presence of God in our lives. Like how many of us, that would feel good if that could be the reality, yes? We'd like more of that. And, uh, and, so, uh, and that chimes in with our whole series that we've been launching through this for next year, 2020. Our theme for 2020, as you know, is There Is More. That's our whole theme for the whole of next year. There is more. That's what we feel like God has been saying to us. There is more. There's more of God to experience. There's more of God to embrace. There's more of God to encounter. When you think you've figured out God, there is there's more. There's more. And in a sense, uh, that being our theme for 2020 is, is interesting, really, because like 2020 is a big year, and, and there will be lots of organizations and churches talking about 2020 vision. We've all heard that phrase, 2020 vision, like someone's got 2020 vision, which basically means that they see really, really clearly. And uh, let me be honest, I don't know about you, I wish I had 2020 vision. Uh, I don't. That's why I wear these things. It'll be great to have 2020 vision. Like I wear my glasses. I don't. If I'm sitting in a meeting with someone, I don't need them on. But now I need them on. Uh, so, like, if you guys are in the front row, I can see your faces really clearly. But you guys at the back, you are just a blur uh, to me. Which may be good news or bad news. I don't know. Like, so if you frown at me, I'm just not going to know. But once I put these on, I see you. I see you very clearly. I see the cracks on your faces. Yeah, absolutely. Like these are like X-ray glasses, and uh, and I've learnt the hard way of the importance of wearing my glasses. Uh, you know, there have been times when I've kind of been out and about, and um, and generally two difficult things happen. Like uh, one, and and if you're someone who wears glasses and you forgot to wear them, uh, you you may relate to this. Like I could be in Hitchin, I'm walking along, and then I on the other side of the street, walking towards me, I see someone I recognise, and I go, "Hey, hey, how you doing?" And the closer they come, I realise I don't know them at all. That they are not the person that I thought. And now they're like, do you know, like people always get embarrassed in that moment, don't they? When either people kind of wave at you saying, I don't know why you're waving, but I'm going to wave back. Or they just give you a wide berth, don't they? They just go like, weirdo alert. Or I've had the reverse when I've been in town and people have waved at me and said hello to me. And I've just literally blindsided them. You know, I just like, because I, I, I'm not ignoring them. I just didn't see. And so I've, I've learned to wear my glasses in moments like that because I don't want to upset people. Blurred vision can make life difficult. And as we head into next year and as we start to wrap this year up, I want to ask you a question. I wonder if you have blurred vision when it comes to God. Is your vision clear? 
Uh, like, is it blurred what he's saying to you? Is it blurred what you see of him? Because I think this amazing invitation that we have as we push into next year is that God wants us all to have clearer vision of him, who he is, what he's like. We want to be people who are praying this ancient prayer, 800 years old, by this guy called Richard of Witch. He was the, the Bishop of Chichester. Some of you will know this. He, he prayed this prayer. O most merciful Redeemer, friend and brother, may I know thee more clearly, love thee more dearly, and follow thee more nearly day by day. That's a good prayer. That's a good prayer. That was my very first spiritual director before Pete Gilbert is a guy called Alex Buchanan. And uh, he's now with Jesus. But his whole life thing was that he wanted to know Jesus better than he does and become more like him than he is. Right? That's a good prayer. Because the whole purpose of our lives is that we're supposed to be journeying all the time closer to Jesus. We're supposed to be discovering more about how wonderful he is and becoming more like him. Because there is always more to learn. There is always more to experience. Like if you've been following Jesus for decades and decades, the challenge for you and and me, because I have been too, is to pause and recognize that there is still a whole lot about God. There's still a whole lot about Jesus that you don't know. Because there's always more. There's always more to experience. And it's, it's easy, as I was reflecting on this, to unintentionally, for those of us who are followers of Jesus, to live a life of unintentional contradiction. And so on the one hand, I, I think for most of us here who would call ourselves Christians, we, we would not say that we have had enough of God. I don't think we would say, like, I don't need any more of God in my life, thank you very much. I don't need any more joy. I don't need any more peace. I don't need any more comfort. I've had enough healing. I've had enough strength. I don't need any more hope. I don't need any more purpose. I don't need any more significance. God, I'm good. I don't need any more of you, and therefore I don't need any of those things, because you're the source of all of those things. Like, I don't think, would anyone in this house say that? Would anyone in this house say that? Excellent. Just checking your life. So, so we would say that, God, yeah, like, like, because we want more, 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 because we know there's always more. There's always more strength, more peace, more presence and promises of God for us. And yet, we say that, and yet, what are we doing to tap into that more? Like, like, is it obvious to heaven that we really do want more? Are we pursuing? Are we being intentional about pushing in to God? Are we going for growth? Are we going for journey? And I love this, this verse from Psalm 84, verse 5. The psalmist writes, Blessed are those whose strength is in you, who set their hearts on pilgrimage. On pilgrimage. Blessed are those, happy are those, content are those, fulfilled are those who keep on keeping on, committing to journeying with God, who, who next year want to know Christ better than they did this year, be more like Him, experience more of His power and presence. In their lives. All throughout this series, we've talked about the fact that God wants to be known by you. He wants to be found by you. He wants you to experience him and, and know him. And over and over again, and I reminded us in the opening prayer, wherever we welcome him, he comes. He comes. Whenever we welcome him, he comes. And our hinge verse, this is why we've called this series, if our hinge verse has been these, this one verse from Second Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14. And God says this, he says, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, I'll forgive their sin and I'll heal their land. Like if, 
if you would pursue me, if you would seek me, if you would turn away from selfishness and self-centeredness, if you would put me first, if, if you do those things, then I will hear and I will forgive and I will heal. If you pursue me, you'll find me. You'll find what your soul is looking for. And if you've not been here for the last uh, two or three weeks, then uh, what uh, this, this verse has fit within a whole bunch of chapters that we've been looking at, Second Chronicles chapter 5 all the way through verse 7. And it's all bound into a moment in Israel's history 3,000 years ago, which is related to the dedication of the temple. Uh, King Solomon has just built this incredible temple to bring glory to God. And we saw that in verses, in chapters 5 and 6, in this moment of dedicating the temple, people were worshipping God and praising God and welcoming God, and, and heaven is attracted to that. So it was like a magnet, and we, we saw how in those, in those stories, like the presence of God tangibly and irrefutably rocked up into their encounter, into their corporate encounter. It was incredible. First like a cloud, and then like fire. As they hungered for the presence, as they worshipped him then God came and I love those moments like you know even the last two or three Sundays it feels I don't know if you've been here and you felt it but it felt like our encounter with God has gone to another level in worship does anyone feel that does anyone feel that excellent just use your normal voices when you speak to me it's good and, uh, and like last Tuesday night, we had our monthly gathering, and it was just off the charts what happened on Tuesday night. Like, you know, it just went to a whole other level because it was as we turned up off the back of Sunday, there was a sense of expectancy. There was a sense of hunger and longing for God. And whenever we want more, then He comes. He comes. Like it's, not, it's not rocket science. And so I love those moments. Of, and, I, and we're praying for more of them. Not that we're just after experiences, but we are after God. Because God alone changes things. And so we hunger for those moments with God when we gather on a Sunday, when we gather once a month at the gathering, even in our groups. Those moments are good. But actually this verse, if you remember I mentioned last week, doesn't come in a corporate moment. It comes in a private personal moment. It comes after 23 days of worship and celebration corporately. And now Solomon sends the people home and he goes into his own private chamber, his bedroom, and he has his own personal private encounter with God. And that's when God speaks those words. So, so together moments with God are really, really important. But the story makes it clear that private, personal moments with God, you and God together, are also really, really important. In, in fact, the Apostle Paul makes it clear in the New Testament. He says, when we gather together, our gathering together should be the overflow of what God's been doing in us the rest of the week. He, he says, like, when you come together, someone should have a prayer. Someone should have a song. Someone should have a psalm. Some, someone should have a story. Because we have made time in the week to encounter God for ourselves. And so our together gathering is the overflow of that. That's the way it should be. Whereas if we're honest, most of the time on a Sunday, like we're crawling into church just about, God, come on, let me encounter you. And hopefully that will fill us up for the next six days before we come back again. Is that not true? And yet the whole thing of this there is more is that God saying, no, no, come on. There's more for you, not just on a Sunday when we gather, but in the whole of the week. Personal encounters with God. I was reminded of this in an experience that I had uh, many, many years ago, uh, and uh, I was at a, a staff uh, conference with a bunch of my staff in the organization I used to work for, Urban Saints. 
and uh, we were away for a few days, and there was... Um, we, we did the kind of pre-breakfast Bible study. You know, the optional pre-breakfast Bible study that most people don't go to uh, because it's like way too early. Like, you know, and I understand that, but I was the boss, so I had to go. And, uh, and I thought, well, I can just go and I can sit there and look prayerful even if I doze off and just pray I don't snore. And so there was a lady called Annie, and she was leading, and she led us in this song that if you've been around the block in church a while, you'll remember it's called To Be In Your Presence by a guy called Noel Richards. And, it, and, the, and the, the lyrics say, to be at your presence, to sit at your feet, where your love surround me and make me complete. This is my desire, oh God, to be in your presence. This is my desire. And so we sang this song, and then when the song finished, there was just a moment of stillness, a moment of pause. And in that moment of stillness, something happened to me that, again, has never happened before and it's never happened since. And, and I, I literally saw a vision, a daydream, a something. I, I, I just, let me just describe it to you. And in my vision, I was aware that God was on his throne. And uh, now, before you say to me, what did he look like? Did he look like Father Christmas? Um, I, I, couldn't, I couldn't tell you what he looked like. I was just aware that God was on his throne. Like he was here on his throne. And then I saw myself. And this is what I was doing. I was doing this. Hey, God, how you doing? Hey, God, how you doing? Hey, God, how you doing? And I looked at this and I thought, hey, this is, this is good. Because like I'm busy. I'm active. I'm, I'm doing stuff. I'm keeping busy. But I am checking in. I am checking in. And then as, as, I, as the, the kind of vision dream unfolded, suddenly the Father, Father God said to me, Matt, stop. Stop. Come here. Would you kneel at my feet? Would you put your head on my lap? Would you let me stroke your hair and tell you how much I love you? Incredible picture of intimacy. And, and I, would, I would love to tell you that that revolutionized my, my, my commitment to want to be with a God who wanted to be that close to me who wanted to speak such a life out of me in the intimate place, but, but I have battled with activity and task for most of my life. I'm going to tell you how that has changed in a moment. And, and, and so what I've discovered, and that's why Jesus spent so many times himself just with the Father, and we talked about this in, in, in week one, that, that how healthy kingdom activity is actually birthed in the place of intimacy, that you go to the Father, and, and, and actually in that place with the Father, you discover and you're reminded, just like me in my vision, that, that the Father loves you, that your identity is you are his beloved child, and he promises to take care of you, that Jesus is your perfect elder brother, and he promises always to be with you, and the Holy Spirit is your constant counselor and companion and advocate and empowerer and he commits to be in you when you take that moment of intimacy. Such an important thing. And there you get your marching orders. It's what happened to Solomon. It's what happens to us. How do we do that? How do we create space for those intimate, personal connections with God? I, I want to give you some very practical answers to that question. But before I do, I want to just remind you of two, two truths. Is everyone with me so far? Okay, you're right. just nudge the person next to you and say, come on now. Alrighty. Nudge someone else, I'm going to take a, a little sip of water. Okay. First thing I want you to remember is this. Remember that God is always present. God is always present. 
Like the presence of God is, is here right now. God is here by his spirit. God is everywhere. David wrote this very uh, famous song, uh, Solomon's father in Psalm 139. He posed this question, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? And the answer is nowhere. Nowhere. Maybe you're here today and a friend has invited you and maybe you would say, I don't even believe in God. And, uh, well, I don't want to annoy you, but let me say you can ignore God, but you can't escape him. He's with you. He is with you. And he, every single day, he's, he's trying to get your attention through the moments and the circumstances of your life. We're coming up to Christmas and we're about to celebrate the birth of Jesus. And one of the names of Jesus is Emmanuel. And that name means God with us. That's the difference, by the way, between the Christian faith and all other faiths. True story. That the God of the Bible who's revealed in Jesus is not a distant, disinterested God. The God of the Bible is an up-close and personal God. You can know him. You can know him. He can be part of your life. And so the question is this. If God is present, if God is with us all the time, it's like, you know, like, notice like when we're trying to change our language, say, God, we welcome you. It's not like, God, we invite you to come. Like, he's already here. But we welcome him because the question is, are we aware that he's here? Are we tuned in? Like every single one of us in this room, we're all clever enough to know that Radio 1 is playing in this room right now, isn't it? It's playing in this room right now. But the reason that we don't hear it is we don't have a radio and a device to tune into it. But if I got a radio and I tuned in, then because it's in the frequency, Radio 1 would immediately start playing because it's in the airwaves. And in the same but much more wonderful way, God is present in this room right now by his spirit. He's present wherever you go, in your home and in your workplace, in your streets, in those difficult meetings. God is always present. The question is, are you tuned in? Are you aware? So the question is, how do we become more aware of the presence of God in our lives? And I will answer that question in just a moment before I make my second point on this. That in this, and it's what I've learned, unless you are a spiritual dynamo, and one of us, two of us might be, that when it comes to this whole practice of learning to be with God and pursuing his presence, we are training, not trying. We are training ourselves. Lots of metaphors that Paul uses in the New Testament about training yourself. We're training ourselves. We are building habits. We're starting small and we're growing from there. And the trick is in this, not that it is a trick, but the, but the point is that we're finding some habits and practices that, that we can start with, that we can grow from, and that those things will build life. We train ourselves. So at Zio, we have this thing called the habit and the huddle. And I, and I want to take a little bit of time to unpack the habit and the huddle with you as a way of becoming more aware of the presence of God in your life, in your everyday life. And so that when we gather, it's the overflow. The habit has these three elements to it. The first is start your day with God. Everyone say, start your day with God. Now listen, whether you're a morning person or not, uh, I, I kind of get that. But I would still want to encourage you to start your day with God. Like right at the very start of your day to begin your day with him. And like you would not think of, I hope, no one would have thought to come here this morning without brushing their teeth. Like just to prove it, just breathe heavily on the person next to you. Just, you know, like, you know. And if the person next to you does not want to breathe on you, then you know they forgot to brush their teeth today. Or maybe you realize already, you like when they've been worshiping hell, you're like, woo, halitosis. And then they thought you were speaking in tongues and nearly interpreted. 
So, like, you wouldn't think of doing that. You would not think of leaving your house without brushing your teeth. Why would you think of leaving your home without having a moment with God? Like, why would we do that? And I'm not talking about being religious. I'm not talking about ritual. I'm talking about the fact that Almighty God loves to be with you. And in the same way that you'd meet someone for coffee, in the same way that you'd have an appointment with someone at work, that you and I build a habit to say, I want to hang out with Jesus every day. I just want to hang out with him every day because he's life. So I start my day with God. We have this thing called 222 that we've talked about today. You know, that's a, uh, before this, this simple idea. That like if, if like you're not into these spiritual habits of like spend two minutes reading the Bible, two minutes to reflect on what you've read, two minutes to pray. Just like set a little timer on your phone. That's how I started to train myself over numerous years to spend more time with God. Like there's no one in this room who can't find six minutes a day. Two minutes to pray. Set a timer on, uh, to read some scripture. Two minutes and then two minutes. Six minutes to do that. And of course, once that becomes a habit, you do that for 30 to 45 days, 60 days, and it just becomes what you do. Then you stretch it. You do a little bit more. Let me tell you about some things I'm really excited about that we're doing to help us all with this. So we just bought 200 of these NIV Bible in a Year Bibles. And, uh, and what we're going to do, and notice I'm not asking, I'm just saying, hey, we're going to do this. And you're thinking, like, what are we going to do? What we're going to do as a church is we're going to read the whole of the New Testament together in the next year. We're going to take two minutes a day to read a little bit of the New Testament. These, these through the Bible in the year, what you'll see is they're all dated. And there's a little bit of the Old Testament, a little bit of the New Testament, a, a psalm and a proverb. And all I'm saying, don't worry about the Old Testament. Like, If you want to go for more, you know, if you want to be teacher's pet, do more. But, but. But all I'm saying, there's a little bit of the New Testament. It will take you two or three minutes to read. Two or three minutes, all of us reading the New Testament together for the whole of the year. For the majority of us in the room, we've never done that. Read the whole of the New Testament. And uh, these Bible in a years that we've got here, and they're all in the cafe, they're just five pounds each. They're usually 12 pounds. We bought 200 of them. We got them for five pounds each. And, uh, and I want to sell out in the next two or three weeks. And, uh, just, and they actually start from September because they were put together by the Soul Survivor Festival. But I just want to encourage you, like, get one, start immediately. And, uh, and certainly from January, we will then be sharing with people um, uh, like through the weekly email, a little encouragement each week on something that we've read. We want to be a church where we're just gathering together. You can mention it in your groups, uh, what God has been saying as you read some scripture. Are we up for that? Five pounds, five pounds, next two or three weeks. I want to encourage you. The second thing that I'm excited about is I've been working uh, with the team and with Paul, uh, designing it on a prayer guide that we're going to bring out hopefully next week, either next week or the week after. And, and so a lot of the teaching that I'm doing now, and certainly the stuff on declaration that I'm going to talk about in a moment, we've, we've basically produced this, what is it, 24 pages? 24-page A5 prayer guide that will help you in your daily prayers. And uh, we're going to bring that out next week. That's free. We're going to give that to everybody just to help them. And, and so as I talk about that, let me just mention, and I'm going to pause on this, and then I will uh, finish up quick with the rest of the stuff. I want to talk to you about what I think, what I've discovered for myself is the secret source of growing in intimacy with God. There are lots of secret sources. Let me tell you about one, which is the power of declaration. How many people here know that words have power? Yeah, we know it, don't we? Like, you know, we, we were brought up to say, sticks and stones will break my bones, but names will never hurt me, and we know that's rubbish. Like a bone heals, but words can sting. 
We can live with words. And, and I would suggest that all of us here, if I would say to you, you know, do you know that God loves you, that God's for you, that God's with you? Everyone would say, yeah, 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 yeah. Because you believe it here, but you don't believe it here. You don't truly believe it in your heart. Because if we, if we all truly believed it in our heart, then we would live differently, we would think differently, we would speak differently. We know it in our head, but we don't know it. It's information, not transformation. And, and, and what God wants to do is he wants to take the truth of his word and it becomes a deep part of our heart and we live out of that reality. Am I making sense? And here's, here's what I've learned. Here's what I've come to believe and be convicted by. Maybe write a book on this one day. That the journey from the head to the heart begins with the mouth. The journey from the head to the heart begins with the mouth. There is power in declaration. In the same way that words may have been said over you. In the same way that you may have said words over yourself. And those words and those phrases literally take up physical space in your brain. It literally affects the wiring of your brain. Then your brain can be rewired. It's what Paul talks about, the renewing of the mind. Amplified by the work of the Spirit when you start declaring different truths over yourself. Is everyone understanding what I'm saying? The power of declaration. The power of declaration. Like Psalm 103 verse 2, the the songwriter says, Praise the Lord, I tell myself, and never forget the good things he does. Look at that. I tell myself. I tell myself. I'm declaring truth over myself. The power of declaration. I, I remember, you know, seven... Seven, six or seven years ago when I was going through the toughest time of my life when I was grappling on a daily basis with hopelessness and fear and rejection every morning I would go downstairs and I would walk the front room of my house and I would declare over myself God you love me God you're for me God I am your son God you're going to get me through this even if I didn't feel it I declared it because I knew it was true in my head and the more I said it in my head the more it started to take root in my heart there is power in declaration. Interesting, look at this verse here in Genesis 1, verse 1 to 3. The very first verses of the Bible, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And now the earth was formless and empty, and darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of the Lord was hovering over the waters. And God said, let there be light, and there was light. Now look at this, look at what's happening. This is before the world is properly made to look beautiful. It says the Holy Spirit is hovering over the waters. And what is the Holy Spirit waiting for? The Word of God. The spoken Word of God. God does not think creation into being. He speaks it into being. And so what happens is the Holy Spirit is waiting, hovering on the waters, and then God speaks. And when God speaks, the Word of God and the Spirit of the God, Spirit of God catalyzes together and all heaven breaks loose and trees and flowers and people and cats and dogs and incredible things in that creative moment. Is anyone understanding what I'm saying here? And so when you wake up tomorrow morning, I, I want to suggest to you, Holy Spirit's in you. Holy Spirit's hovering over you. And what's the Holy Spirit waiting for? The Holy Spirit is waiting for you to speak out the word of the Lord, to speak out truth over yourself, to declare truth over yourself, who you are, who God is, what God's going to do in your life. You speak out truth. And the word of God that you speak out and the spirit of God that's within you catalyzes together and allows all heaven to break loose over you, renewing your mind, healing your heart. That is the power of declaration. That is the power of declaration. Is anyone with me today? Good. Okay, I need to finish. Start your day with God. Start your day with God. Get into the habit. Let's read the New Testament together. Let's, let's pour to reflect on what we've read. Let's read declarative prayers. Let's do that. 
That's the first habit. Secondly, turn your thoughts to prayer. Throughout the whole of the day, use other moments to turn your thoughts to prayer. Just to become more aware that God's with you. Like that could be turning daily practices into divine moments. Like when I used to live in Nickelford and I used to drive past this school, which is where my boys were, it would remind me every day to pray for my boys. When I used to drive past the school, it would remind, the church, it would remind me to pray for the church. If I was walking across the corridor uh, or, the, or the open plan office in my workplace, I'd use that as a prayer moment. I, I, like just various moments of my day, if I'm brushing my teeth, God, would you just clean up my mouth today and hope I speak the right thing. Taking our daily practices and, and using them as divine moments. Or secondly, carrying prayer symbols. Like, you know, I've carried crosses and hearts and stones and various things in my pocket. I've got a whole bunch of them on my desk at home. And I grab one, put it in my pocket. And so every time I put my hand in my pocket and I touch this thing, I just suddenly remember, yeah, yeah, God's with me. They just become moments like that. And for some of us, maybe just go for a walk with God. Whether it's a walk across the office, walk in the street, walk in the country. Just having moments of being with God. Start your day with God, turn your thoughts to prayer, and then thirdly, close your day well. And closing your day well is that way when you get to the end of your day and you put your head on your pillow, you you thank God that he's kept you throughout the day, you make a choice to forgive anyone who's ticked you off throughout the day and not hold a debt over them, and you remind yourself that you can sleep because God's still at work. That's the habit. And then the huddle is, is, why don't we all try and find two or three friends And once a month, we simply ask those friends these two questions. What is Jesus saying to me and what am I doing about it? What is Jesus saying to me and what am I doing about it? Like to try to do that once a month. I I have two friends, Phil and John, who are my kind of prayer buddies. And actually, we do this like every single day. So we're, we're studying. They live in Kent. I live here. Every single day, we study the same little passage of Scripture, the same little devotional, really, really short. And then we WhatsApp each other every single day. We've done it today just to share like, what we think God's saying to us. And just that accountability of just drawing each other in, creating moments to be with God, to be in His presence. There is more. There is more. And, and if we want the there is more, then there's a, there's a together responsibility that when we come to the house, we want to say, God, we welcome you into our togetherness. Tune us in. Help us to see what you're up to. Be at work in us. But let that be the overflow of what God's already been doing in our week. Let's start embracing some habits and practices. And, and I said, we're looking to resource those things for you, for us, for all of us. Because the, the best thing, if we were here in a year's time, that we could all reflect is that people would look at you and they'd look at me, you know, and they say, wow, I can tell that you are someone who is walking really closely with Jesus, who is carrying the presence of Jesus. And you're more like Jesus. You think like him. You sound like him. You listen like him. You do the kind of things that he does. And, and that, the building of that in terms of our heart and character and healing, it comes in that private space of being with God And then overflowing that into our times of being with others. Why don't you stand with me? Ben, why don't we just come up? And so what we're going to do, just before we go into the final song, and uh, maybe, guys, you can just play for me just a little bit even now. I I, want to give you an example of, in in this prayer guide that 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 you're going to get next week, there is a long prayer that you can pray, and there's a short version, a declarative prayer. And, uh, and, and basically, I've written these because um, these are the kind of things that I pray every day. And if I don't have a lot of time, I kind of pray the short version. And if I've got a lot of time, I pray the long version. 
And the short version could take me a few minutes, the long version could take me about 30 minutes or so, and you'll see the difference and why that is the case. But I want us to just take a moment to just declare this over each other and declare this over ourselves. And so you're going to see this come up onto the screen right now. And, um, and I just want us, to, I want us to catch this, that in this moment we declare this, but also that the Holy Spirit would stir something in us and think, wow, if I declared this over myself every day, if I stop listening to the lies of the enemy every day and I start declaring truth over myself, then I'm going to believe that the Holy Spirit that's in me is going to take those words and move them to 12 inches from my head to my heart. And I'm going to start living differently, thinking differently, operating differently. And so, so let's, let's declare this together, okay? And uh, the guys at the back will lead us through. It won't take long. And then guys go straight into a final song as we seek to pursue his presence. Okay, let's do this. Ready? Father God, Jesus Christ, Holy Spirit, I welcome you and I worship you at the start of this day. You are the Lord of my life and of this world. I love you and I surrender my life again in this moment. Thank you that I am your beloved child. Thank you that you are with me. You are for me. And you are at work in and through me. Forgive me for falling short of all that you created me to be. I receive a fresh start from heaven today. And I declare that you have made me holy. Fill me with your spirit and help me to become more like Jesus today. Grow the gifts and passions that you have given to me and help me to use them to serve others. Let today be a day where people will choose to follow Jesus for the first time. Let today be a day where people who are suffering with sickness will be healed. Let today be a day where people who are struggling in life experience your miracle working power. Let today be a day where I will walk closely with you. Help me to be fully tuned in to what you're doing and give me the passion and the courage to join in. Whatever happens today, Father, I will choose to trust you wholeheartedly and rest in your goodness, in your grace and mercy, turn impossible situations around. I pray all this for my good, for the good of others, and for your glory and fame. Amen. Amen? Amen. Let's worship together.